Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power, and here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into the program again today. It's Colin and my delight to have your company. And just as we start, we invite you just to bow your heads in prayer. Father in heaven, we are grateful that we can have another study. We can talk about Jesus, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer. We also thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father, that comes and represents Christ to us, another comforter. Thank you for the comfort we have in you. Thank you for your love, Father, for sending your son, Jesus Christ. And also thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Mm. And as such, we just pray for a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit now to help us understand as you tell us that spiritual things are spiritually discerned and by natural abilities we cannot understand spiritual things. So we thank you, Father, for leading us. We thank you for teaching us through your word and your spirit. And we praise you and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are in our study of the message to the latest scenes where three things are counseled of us to buy from Jesus Christ. The first one is I self because we are blind. So that's to give us spiritual discernment. So we're talking about spiritual blindness. That's the Holy Spirit. That's that, right. That, that opens our eyes up mm. so that we can see the truth. So we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The more of the Spirit we have and less of self, the more we walk in the Spirit, the more we understand spiritual things. That's right. And that was the first thing we discussed. Then we are still studying the second one because we find ourselves spiritually naked. And Jesus doesn't want us to walk around spiritually like us. He wants us to be clothed, but not clothed with our own righteousness, which are filthy rags. He takes those filthy rags away from us, and then he clothes us with his own righteousness, which is woven in the loom of heaven. There is no human devising in that, in that weaving of that garment. Mm. So Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, as we've said before, and he's also the author of eternal salvation. So we're mm. going to unpack that a little bit, and we're talking about Christ. Justifying righteousness Which he gives to us as a gift But sanctifying righteousness Is also a gift That's all to, to be received by faith So just to summarize uh, What is justification Because we talk about Christ justifying righteousness That's right Well it's like going to court Okay You go to a court mm. And uh, the judge finds you uh, not guilty Yes And you're declared justified That's great Especially if you are innocent Yes, But what if you are guilty, how do you get away with it? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But now we have this process by which God actually restores us through justification and sanctification. I think the best way that, that, that I've ever heard is, was God's way. It was called in the sanctuary. Right. So in, in the sanctuary on earth, this is the sanctuary that the, that the Israelites, God instructed the Israelites to build hmm. in the desert and then also in the temple. And there was a process of their sins of God's people, the Israelites, being transferred into the sanctuary. Okay. And so what would happen is you would bring, let's say you'd sinned. Mm. I'd sinned. I would have to, I would have to take a lamb, for example. I would take a lamb and I would take it to the high priest. Yes. And what would happen is the priest would then inspect the lamb. It had to be a lamb without blemish, a perfect lamb. Mm. Okay. And so what would happen then? I would then place my hands over the lamb's head. Right. I'd place my hands okay. and I would tra confess my sins mm. and they would be transferred from me to the lamb. Okay. The lamb had nothing to do with that. So it's an innocent victim, lamb. but you're now transferring your guilt and sins. My sins are transferred to, the, to lamb. the lamb. Yes. But the penalty for sin is death. 
Mm. So what happens is now that my sins have been transferred to the lamb, I am now declared just or, wow. or, 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 or I am declared not guilty. Yes. Because the lamb then, and then you would take a knife, the priest would hand you the knife, you would cut the lamb's throat, mm. right? And the, who does the lamb represent? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. So who mm. and who was God inspecting? The priest the, 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 lamb the priest inspecting the lamb or the sinner? Well he's inspecting the lamb now, isn't he? He inspected the lamb. Because he wants to make sure the lamb is without spot and yeah. without blemish. That's right. So what happens is is that blood that is spilt by the lamb it goes into a bowl. Mm. The priest would take that blood. So where is the sins now? It's in the blood. Yes. The blood will then be taken into the sanctuary and it'll be sprinkled on the altar of sacrifice. Yeah. And then even once a year it was sprinkled on the um, on the mercy seat and in the, the in the most holy place. Yeah. The whole point was transfer. transfer. Mm. The sins were transferred from you to the lamb, to the blood, and the blood into the sanctuary. Then right. once a year they had a cleansing of the sanctuary where the sins or the record of sins was mm. completely removed from the sanctuary. But the point is though, you were f- you were justified. You were declared guilt free and righteous. That's right. So that's wow, how it that works. is incredible. So this is what the gift of salvation brings to that's us. That's right. Removal of our guilt and deliverance from the condemnation so of the you, law. So if you go to the judgment with Jesus there mm. as the lamb and all sins have been transferred to Jesus, right? then he took the penalty. Remember, mm. he died on that cross. Yes. Okay. So he took our sins upon him mm. and paid that penalty and you are set free or declared just yeah. or righteous. Oh, look, that is beautiful. And the way I simplify the word justification – I always say that it's, it just simply means just as if you've never sinned. That's a good one. So in other That's words, when your record of sin is cleansed, your whole record is taken away. In other words, you stand before God as if you've never sinned. That's right. That is an incredible gift. So with the removal of that, if we believe this by faith, the removal of guilt goes with it again as well. That's and right. quite often the devil will use our sins of the past to keep on haunting us and going, oh, I was such a bad person. God certainly didn't forgive me. Now, if you've fallen into temptation, then you, of course, can confess because God is faithful and just to mm-hmm. forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. But if you have forsaken, confessed and forsaken your sins, God said you will have mercy. The devil will come and haunt you with your past sins, but don't believe him. Believe the word of God. Believe that God has declared you righteous just as if you have never sinned and you are fully redeemed in Christ. So that's Christ's justifying righteousness. Yes. In other words, it's, it's God inspected the lamb, not the sinner. Yeah. And that's the gospel right there. Oh, And he amen. passes inspection every time. Mm. Every time. He's, he's perfect. He that's passed right. inspection. And so then the penalty of the sins went upon him. He took our sins upon himself. And, and you were set free or justified. That's right. So now we're going to talk about well, what happens next? How do you, how do you um, grow in Christ? Yeah. How do you become sanctified? And the word sanctified means set apart for holy purposes. Mm. For example, when God created the heavens and earth or created the earth in six days, it says he rested on the seventh day in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 yes. and sanctified it. Or set it, which means That's and set it aside for holy purposes. For holy purpose, yeah. So we, if we've been justified, we're then He wants to then sanctify us, which mm. set us aside for holy purposes. That's right. So how does God transform us back into, or restore us, is another word, mm. into the into His image, which is what He created us in. God created us in His image. You read that in Genesis chapter one. God created man in His own image. So how does God uh, transform us back into the image of God. Well, the first 
first thing, he's got a problem. The problem is that we're sinners mm. and we've sinned. And the penalty for sin is death. That's right. God says if you leave the church, you will die. Mm. Uh, the penalty for sin is death. And the whole point is Jesus took that penalty upon himself, our penalty that we yes. deserved, and took it upon himself. And he didn't deserve that. Mm. But he paid the price. That's right. And so therefore we are set free we from are. the condemnation of mm. sin because of what Jesus did on the cross and took our sins upon himself. So what happens is we are condemned to death. We still have to die death, but we die the death in Christ. So in a spiritual sense, we actually die daily because we receive the death of Christ daily, but we also receive his life daily. Yes. So it's the imputed righteousness. Imputed means that we receive all the merits of Christ. It's yep. accounted to us. Yep. So we can stand before God. Just as if we've never sinned yep. And then there's also the imparted righteousness of Christ But all of this happens by faith It's not by works As we believe the gospel the first time we heard it Of sins forgiven Of uh, the price for our sins paid Which is death And that's Jesus' death on the cross So we can also now be sanctified By spending the same amount of time in the word And believing every aspect of what God says All his promises To keep us from falling To present us faultless To not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to bear But he'll make a way of escape for us All those promises are ours And if we believe and accept them by faith We are not only justified But we're also sanctified And we can live in the power of God And in the power of his word That's right And we can have You know We have victory over sin We can have the victory over temptation well, Christ's victory becomes our victory and it's by faith in Christ's righteousness mm. So just like justification was yeah. a gift Sanctification is a gift as well That's right And I use the word sanctification also. I simplify that just like I do with justification Sanctification I say is to sanctify To make a sanctify saint Sanctify us yeah, To okay. make you a saint That's good And that's what sanctification that's good, is yes. That's really good And so you know, we also spoke in our last program About um, you know, fighting temptation You know, We can either focus on the temptation Mm. Or we can focus on Christ Well there's no power there to overcome temptation The, the power of the temptation is the power to, to f- make you fall The power of the cross and the power of Christ is to give you victory That's right So and if the temptation comes and you focus on the temptation You're focusing on the wrong power And then what are you trying to do? You're trying to overcome by your, your own teeth. works Try By your own righteousness, by your right. own efforts yeah. Instead of looking to Jesus mm. all right, Who will give you the gift of his own imparted righteousness, which we receive through the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when we basically we can have Jesus living in us, dwelling in our hearts mm. through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important. The yes. Holy Spirit is the gift that Jesus has given us um, when he went back to heaven. Now, Jesus is our high priest yes. in heaven now. It talks about that in Hebrews. And he's our high priest in heaven, and he is interceding for us. Mm. Okay, We confess our sins. He's interceding, and he's showing his... His, his hands to his father, the wounded hands, the, hey, I paid the price for them. And, and so we can be, um, you know, continually forgiven and yeah. justified. And but, but at the same time, God wants us to sanctify us or transform us back into his image. Yes. And that's what sanctification is all about. Mm. It's receiving Jesus' um, righteousness on a daily, a, it's a daily gift that we receive that. And it tra- now it takes time, mm. just like it takes time for a plant to grow, it takes time for us to grow. So this is a process, and we're all on that process of so sanctification, or the process of transforming us into the image of God, is a process. That's right. Or a work of a lifetime. Mm. Okay, this is God constantly doing yes. it. But there will come a time when God mm. says, "Hey, hey, 
the harvest is ready. Mm. The plant is matured. You know, I have a people who matured, That's and right. I'm ready now to, to, you know, I'm ready to say that the work's finished. I love that analogy of a plant. I've never been a gardener, you know, and my family is some great keen gardeners. But we recently just started a garden and we put some planting. And it's interesting where the little green thing comes through after you've planted the seed. The little green thing pops up above the earth. Mm. That was remarkable. I think that thing is now producing life. I took the little seed. I threw it in the ground. I buried it. In other words, the seed was dead. Then it got watered, it got nurtured, and it started popping up. And that little plant was perfect and beautiful as I saw it come through the ground. And as it started growing, maturing, it was perfect at every stage. But I wasn't mature yet. That's right. So sanctification is a process of maturing us just like the plant matures as it grows. Into it's the image of God. Into the image of God. But it is by beholding. As the plant you know, gets the sun, as it gets water, as it mm. gets the nutrients from the soil. What did you say? It needs rain, doesn't it? It needs rain. What, is, what does that mean? What's the rain in the Bible? It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Which talks about the, the early rain. Yeah, the early rain. Or the, the former rain and the latter rain. Latter rain, that's so right. So the former rain is what actually causes the seed to germinate. Mm. So you plant a seed, and hopefully you planted the seed, which the seed represented in the Bible is the Word of God. Yes. Okay, or the Gospel. You plant that seed needs to be in good soil. Mm. So the good soil needs to be what? What do you got to do with soil? You've got to just dig it up and up. Break it up. Break it up. Soften it. Prepare it. Aerate it. You've got to prepare it for the seed. All right? And so the the good soil represents our heart. It needs to be broken up. It needs to be Mm. prepared for the word of God to go in our hearts. Just like the parable, what happens when you throw it on stony ground? Well, it, it sprang up very quickly, but then when the sun came, it withered because there was no root in the ground and it couldn't bring nourishment yeah. and water into the plant. And what happens if you put the seed in the, around, around all the thorns and thickets and all it's that? It's choked in by all the cares and the worries of this world. That's right. And there's a lot of thorns around our life. It's what you focus on. Do you focus what? on Christ or the thorns? And so it never produced fruit. Just mm. like the, and in the one on the stone, on the, just on the footpath, well, the birds came away, which is like represents Satan and that taking it, taking it taking away. Taking the word of God away from us. But the one that was planted in good soil, it grew yeah. and produced fruit. Fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold or some 100-fold. That's right. Yeah. And um, so, so this is sort of like the um, spiritual analysis of growing into the likeness of mm. Jesus. And that's God's plan. That's the gospel plan is to, is to save us. And then transform us into his image again. And his yeah. image is Jesus. Absolutely. And look, Jesus means so much to us. For example, when we're talking about sanctification, the book of Hebrews, which talks about the sanctuary and the, the model that shows us how God saves us. Yes. Um, and Christ's high priestly ministry as a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. It says there a few times when it talks about sanctification. Uh, I'm going to read this in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 2. So it says, for it was fitting for him, him being Christ, for whom are all things. So all things are for Christ and by whom are all things. In other words, God created all things through Jesus Christ in bringing many sons to glory. So we're talking about justification, then Mm. there's sanctification, and ultimately there will be glorification. So bringing many sons to glory to make the captain or another translation say the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Christ suffered, but in that suffering he was perfected. He resisted temptation. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that he was tempted in all as we are yet without sin. That's right. It says to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering for both he who sanctifies. Now he who sanctifies is God and Jesus Christ. He who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, which is us, those those who believe, are all of one. So we are one with Christ. 
for which reason he, being Christ, is not ashamed to call them brethren. So we are the brothers mm. and sisters of Christ. Jesus is our elder brother. Now, I just want to go to another text, just a few chapters down, Hebrews chapter 10, mm-hmm. where it talks about the will of God and how the will of God was fulfilled through the death of Christ so he could pay the price for our sins so that we could be justified, just stand before God, just as if we've never sinned. And uh, through that sacrifice, we were also sanctified and sanctified by his life because it talks about the will of God in this process. And we're looking at Hebrews 10 and verse 10. Mm. It says, by that will, so this will of saving us through Christ, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then I want to go to verse 14. It says, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So and we've been sanctified being, in Christ. And the word being is, is a, a process. Constant and it's an active yeah. verb there, which means a continuous process. So in Christ, we find ourselves perfect, even at this stage. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are perfect. You are standing before God just as if you've never sinned. And then it also says that you are sanctified in Christ. You are complete in him. And then it says that he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, which is talking about the process there. And then he goes on about the talking about the new covenant where God wants to write his laws, his Ten Commandments That's right. on our mind, in our hearts. Okay, Amen. And remember our sins no more. That's right. And how does he do it? Well, it says the Holy Spirit witnesses to us mm. how he does that. So this is, this is uh, the process. It's an awesome plan awesome that process. God has put together. But we to... are one with Christ when we're receiving by faith. It's yeah. incredible. And so we normally talk about, um, you know, Christ's death on the cross is one man dying for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. That's biblical. But I believe if you study the gospel a little bit more fully, we can actually see the whole world also dying in one man. Because Christ died for the sins of the world. Took, he took everyone's he took everyone's sin. He, there's not a sin that he has not paid the price for. That's right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, mm. whatever you've done, Jesus has paid the penalty for your sins. That's right. And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, my favorite Bible text. It's a beautiful it's text. It's a great one. It reminds me every day that if, and the word conditional word is mm. if is a conditional word, if we confess our sins, yes. he is faithful to forgive our sins. He's faithful and just. And just, that's right. Forgive our sins. There you go. Justification. Which is a legal de- de- declaration. Yeah. There's justification. Yes. And the word and means also. Also, yes. Not only will I do that, and what's the other word he said? Cleanse. Cleanse. Now, yeah. cleansing is the removal or cleansing us from removing sin in our lives. Mm. That's the transformation. That's the sanctification part of, 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 his, um, of his journey. Yeah. And uh, so we're talking about... Um, you know, overcoming temptation. And, and Ellen White, uh, probably one of my favorite writers uh, outside the Bible, mm. um, wrote in a book called Desire of Ages, page 324, this amazing uh, comment about our only defense against evil is the indwelling of Christ in the heart through faith in his righteousness. And this is what she says. It's the only defense. Our wow. only defense. She says these words. The only defense against evil is the indwelling of Christ in the heart. Mm. There's that word, you know, the word, the gospel dwelling in our hearts through faith faith. in whose righteousness? In Christ's righteousness. In his righteousness. Mm. Unless we become vitally connected with God, we can never resist the unhallowed effects of self-love, self-indulgence and temptation to sin. Mm. We may leave off many bad habits. For the time, we may part company with Satan. 
but without a vital connection with God through the surrender of ourselves to him moment by moment. So there it is. Yes. Surrender moment so by continual moment. Continual surrender, yes. We shall be overcome mm. without a personal acquaintance with Christ and a continual communion. We are at the mercy of the enemy and should do his bidding in the end. So continual this is just, communion. I love that. And that's obviously through the Holy Spirit and through prayer. Well, Paul says, you know, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. Pray without ceasing. Wow. And uh, Paul also talks about a process, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, he talks about this process of becoming like Jesus. So Galatians 4, verse 19 And it says, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So that that is a beautiful text about, he's talking to Galatians, obviously, because he said that they have wandered away. Someone has deceived them by a pseudo, a false gospel. Yes. And this false gospel has drawn them away. Christ was formed in them before. Now he's coming back to restore the good news of salvation by faith alone and not by works. Mm -hmm. And then he says, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again. In other words, he's labored for them before. He's laboring for them now again until Christ is formed or reformed in them. Yeah, Christ be formed in you. Mm. Um, so Christ being formed or manifest in the Christian life is a process, isn't it? Amen. And Paul's statement that he died daily also describes this process. Yes. You know, Paul says, I die daily. First Corinthians fifteen thirty one. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. dying daily to what? To self. To self. And so day by day, the Christian, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the enlightenment of God's word, chooses to yield his sinful desires to Jesus and lets Jesus manifest his pure desires in his life. Mm. That's the Christ being formed in you. And Ellen White explained this amazing miracle of transformation in Testimonies to Ministers, page 589. It says, When his words of instruction have been received and have taken possession of us, Christ is to us an abiding presence, controlling our thoughts and ideas and actions, It is no more we that live, but Christ that liveth in us, and he is the hope of glory. Self is dead, but Christ is a living Savior. That's exactly what Paul said, isn't it? Mm. It's no longer I that live, but Christ Christ lives lives in me. me. Mm. And he died daily to self. Yes. There's this moment by moment, continual process with Jesus. And and so Ellen White is very clear on this matter. She clearly states that that it is Jesus' abiding presence that controls our thoughts, ideas, and actions. And so if we choose to believe that he will do this and believe our sinful nature's power over us is dead, then Christ will most definitely live out his life in us. It's just that simple. Mm. It is that simple. Wow. And so as this process continues in the believer's life, he who, for example, you know, in situations where you would get anger or get angry, mm. whatever in the past, there is no more anger now. Right. Okay. So you used to get angry, why? Don't so get angry. victory over that, that over, aggression and that anger. Yeah. Mm. Instead, uh, you know, in situations where like anger would have risen in the past, there's no anger. Instead, Christ's forgiveness and peace fills the heart. Mm. The power of the sinful nature will be totally subdued. We still have a sinful nature, but it can be subdued. Right. Or completely under control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Until glorification. Mm. Amen. And so... The power of the sinful nature will be totally subdued, and Christ's sinless nature will be totally dominant in the life. See, that's what sinless perfection is. It's Christ's sinless nature dwelling in our minds, in our hearts. It is a gift, and we receive it by faith. That's right. It's not our own works, because self is dead. Self cannot claim any merit if self has been crucified with Christ. And that's why Paul says, it's not I that live, but Christ lives in me. And who's Christ? Was Christ sinless? 
Yes, he was. So he's living Completely. in you. Yeah. It's his sinless life that he's living in and through you. Mm. That's what God sees. But it is a growth phase. So what happens is, is based on what we know, as we learn more about Christ, we'll see things in our lives that we didn't know was sin previously. Mm. You know, And then we will have a, uh, the decision to make. Do we follow Jesus to this next level of sanctification or do we follow the sin? That's right. And if we follow Jesus... We then become more aware of it, and that's the growth and maturity that comes from spending time in the Word. But we do it because we love God and we delight to, to right. delight Him. And just like justification, who does God see? He sees Jesus. He sees He specks the Lamb, not mm, the sinner. Mm. And just if Jesus is living in us, who is God seeing? Well, He's seeing Jesus, isn't it? Is that perfect? Yeah, perfect. And Jesus can answer the demands of the law. That's right. The, the death has already been that price has already been paid, and now the righteousness of Christ can also answer the requirements of the law, which is perfect righteousness. That's right, and so the power of our sinful nature will be just totally subdued, mm. and Christ's sinless nature will be totally dominant in the life. And I just love what I'm just going to leave you this one more quote that Ellen White said about this relationship we can have with Jesus. This is how close it can become as we grow in this. Right. It's found in Desire of Ages, page six hundred and sixty-eight. Okay, it says, all true obedience comes from the heart. Like you said before, didn't it? It's heart. It comes yeah. from a heart. Mm. It was hard work with Christ. And if we consent, he will so identify himself with our thoughts and aims, so blend our heart and mind into conformity to his will, that when obeying him, we shall be but carrying out our own impulses. Wow. The will, refined and sanctified, will find its highest delight in doing his service. When we know God as it is our privilege to know him, our life will be a life of continual obedience. Through an appreciation of the character of Christ, through communion with God, sin will become hateful to us. So how? Through an appreciation of the character of Christ mm. and through communion, communion with God. How do we communion with God? Through his word yeah. and prayer and witnessing and having the Holy Spirit dwell within us as well, and having the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the whole point of this. Yeah, it, you know, having Christ living in us, our life will be a continual obedience when we have Jesus. But mm. at the moment, there's a struggle, isn't there? There is. You yes. know, it's this fight and saying, "Well, do I really want to have Jesus living in me, mm. or do I just want to follow my own impulses and my, you know, my own desires?" That's right. Well, dear listener, we've come to the end of our first half of our program. We are talking about the continual communion with Christ and having Him dwell within us. And we will unpack that more after this short message. Stay tuned. The Lord had just given a parable about being alert and ready for his coming when Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Luke 12:42-44. Jesus was calling them to be faithful and wise in their ministry because as he says elsewhere, the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Dear listener, welcome back. We're glad that you can join us as we continue our study here talking about what Christ means to us in every aspect of our life. He is the author of eternal salvation. He's the author and finisher of our faith. We find ourselves complete in him, both 
justified, just as if we've never sinned. In other words, the record of sin has been taken away in Christ. It's now entered into the sanctuary. And then we're also sanctified that through the death of Christ, we've been sanctified. We already read, read that in Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 10. Now, the interesting thing is there, this happens through continual communion with Christ. We're having Christ live mm. within us, spending time mm. in his word, praying without ceasing. And we'll read some texts out of the Bible on that very shortly. But, you know, we used to have some boarders that lived with us, my wife and myself, many moons ago. And he met this uh, lovely young lady, fell in love, got engaged. And our phone lines were continuously tied up. <laughs> From the time he got home till the time we went to bed, we could hardly ever. And people would send us texts. Go, What's wrong with your phone? I can never get through. He was on the phone talking to this lady. And my wife one day went to the phone upstairs just to pick it up to see if she could make a phone call. And she hears the shower running. And she goes, what's going on? And what had happened is he's been talking to his girlfriend or his fiance at the time. And he didn't want to hang up on her. They were so much in love. They just wanted that com- continual communication. Yeah. He had put the phone beside him on the, on the basin, beside the basin. He jumped into the shower and said, hang on, I'll be right back. I'm just going to have a quick shower. She patiently sat there, waited for him while he's having his shower, <laughs> and then came out. And then Michelle went and knocked on the door going, hang on a minute. What's going on? Are you on the, you in the shower? And his girlfriend, fiance, was waiting for him on the other side. They were so much in love that they couldn't break the communication even just for five minutes to have a shower. And I bet you the first thing that when he when he woke up in the morning was thought of her. Look, and the, the last first thing, thing the last, last thing, yes, yeah, and in between as well. True love, hey? True love. And yeah. I guess that's what's saying here. This this quote in Desire of Ages, page six hundred sixty-eight, where we just read, and I want to read it again because let's just unpack a little bit. It says, "All true obedience comes from the heart," and that's mm. what you're saying. That's right. You know, if we love God, obedience will come from our heart. In actual fact, He'll even put put it in our hearts. To even obey him. Mm. He even gives us that. It says that in Hebrews chapter 8 and 10, doesn't it? That's right, yes. And it says it was heart work with Christ. Yeah. See, God, Jesus' obedience was because he loved God. Mm. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yes. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus loved God, loved his Father, and kept his commandments. Mm. And it says, but here's the thing. It says, and if we consent, that's the next line in Desire of right. Ages, yes, page yes. 668. If we consent, so what's our part? If we well, cons- consenting, yeah. Consenting. If we consent, right, Jesus will so identify himself with our thoughts and aims, so blend our hearts and minds into conformity to his will, that when obeying him, we shall be carrying out our own impulses. In other words, our impulses will change to impulses of righteousness rather than impulses of sin, which we've inherited by nature and cultivated as That's well. That's right. So the will, so it's about the will. Mm. It's about the will, giving the will. But refined and sanctified, obviously there's a process. Yes. Refining means as a when you refine something, you're going through a process. Mm. You're refining it. Just like gold, you know, you can burn off the impurities out of out of gold or silver. Um, and also sanctified is also a process. Right. It's a process. And it finds its height delight in doing his service. And when we know God, and here's the good news, as it's our privilege to know him, it's our privilege to know God. And to be in constant communion with him. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, by constantly doing this, it's a privilege to know our life will be a life of continual obedience. How? Through an appreciation through the character of Jesus. Now, I, I recently got myself a motorbike. Some people think, are you going through a midlife crisis? But I have to say, I'm really enjoying the motorbike. I'm getting my license. I had a motorbike when I was younger years ago, and I've got another motorbike. But now, what I noticed, because in the car I have Bluetooth and people make a phone call, I can answer the phone. I was thinking, oh, my motorbike, what can I do? I mean, I've got this helmet in. I can't answer the phone. I can't even look at the GPS. 
So I found this little gadget you can buy online and you hook it up into your helmet. You've got the little headset and the ears. You can put it inside the helmet and a little microphone. And by Bluetooth, you can actually connect. So when people make a phone call, my wife's rung me a number of times now. I just hit the little button with my glove on the side of the helmet and then I can talk to her. Wow. But the great thing about this, you can also have another two other guys on, on their motorbikes, if they have the same gadget, that you can talk to each other constantly backwards and forwards. Like a walkie-talkie. That's right, yes. Yeah. So you can be in constant communion even mm. up to a kilometer. Wow. And so although you're not in a car, because normally in a car you can have a decent conversation, on motorbikes three of you could be you know, riding one behind the other up to a kilometer away from each other, and you can still talk to each other as if you're sitting in a car having a conversation while you're driving along. that's the along. same thing, isn't it? And, and look, we have the same privilege of communion with God. Wherever we are, whatever we do, we have this constant connection. We can be hooked, up, hooked yeah. up 24-7. 24-7. With a little microphone like your <laughs> motorbike helmet and with God. Isn't yeah. that incredible? Like, and he's saying that that's what she says. It's our privilege. Yeah. Yeah. To have that. We can get that technology. It's right there. It's mm. God's word through prayer and appreciation through his character. It says through communion with God, sin will become hateful yeah. to us. That's, yeah. Will. So this is a constant. It's, to me, it's like simple. Christ in, mm. sin out. Yeah, amen. Simple as that, isn't it? Mm. And so what happens is our natural inclinations are softened and subdued. Yeah. New thoughts, new feelings, new motives are implanted. So we can be partakers. Although we have a fallen human nature, we can become partakers of the divine nature as we read in Peter, Peter chapter yeah. 1 and verse 4, I believe. It says yeah. that. We can have it. Mm. We can, we can, I think we should read that if you can find that. Yeah, sure. At some time. And I'll just continue on this. So, you know, so what happens is uh, a new standard of character is set up. The life of Christ yes. is seen in us. The mind is changed. The faculties are roused to action in the new lines. Man is not endowed with new faculties, but the faculties... He has are sanctified. Mm. The conscience is awakened. We are endowed with traits of character that enables us to do service to God. So this is traits of character we did not have before. No. You know, when Paul, not Paul, sorry, Saul, King Saul, when he was called, he was reluctant to become king. But the promise through the prophet was, he said, that when when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be an entirely different person. Mm. The Holy Spirit transforms and changes you. So, dear listener, if there's uh, some people out there who may not like themselves, maybe they have a very low self-worth, you know, and low self-respect, God will make you into a different person. Mm. He will transform and change your life. He did that with King Saul. Of course, King Saul had freedom of choice. He didn't always exercise his will according to the will of God. Yes. And that's a lesson for us as well. We can continuously choose who we will follow moment by moment. God will never mess with your choice. That's right. He respects your choice, your right to He's decision. He's asking you to choose him, mm. and he'll give you the power to become that's sons right. of God. Because there are two wills, aren't there? There's our will, which we want to do by nature, and then there's the will of God, and these can come into conflict. However, if we seek the will of God, we can also be conformed to his will. And Jesus is our example in everything. I mean, he... Prayed that prayer he says I have not no, Actually before he prayed that prayer he said I have not come to do my own will But the will of the Father who sent me Now Jesus has sent us as well So we should also be saying we have not come to do our own will But we've come to will, do the will of Jesus Who has sent us through the gospel commission It says that in Romans doesn't it We get power For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 For it is the power of God to salvation mm. For everyone who believes, believes yes, For the Jew first and also for the Greeks. Yeah. For it, for in it, the righteousness of Christ is revealed from glory or faith to faith. Oh, from faith to faith. Sorry, from it's not faith, the glory. Yeah. From faith to faith. So See? your faith grows 
with the revelation of Christ it's a process, and his righteousness. Isn't it? Yes, the yes. just shall live by faith. So, so this is just awesome news that God mm. wants to do this. I, I, I still like go, wow. You know? I look, yeah, as we talk about it, I get more inspired again. I go, I know this, but every time I hear it, it's just so beautiful. Yes. We're so undeserving. And that text we spoke about is Second Peter chapter 1, mm. verse 4. But I just want to read verse 2 and 3 leading up to it and give us the understanding and, and, and the, uh, the context of it. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. So we're talking about developing our knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, as we... Get to know God more. We love Him more. We how just can't help know, ourselves. How do you get to know a knowledge of God? Through the Word and through prayer. Through the so again, it's through and the, through the through the uh, empowerment of the Holy Spirit because of the Holy Spirit that helps us understand spiritual so things. So again, it comes back to spending time in God's Word. That's right. And asking for the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and knowledge of mm. God. And as and what happens? What happens because of this? Yeah. Well, it's the constant communication we've been talking about as well. Yeah. No relationship exists without communication, even. Organizations that establish a, an agreement or even countries that establish a treaty, there's normally a document. They communicate backwards mm. and forwards and agree in this document how they would interact with one another. You take that communication away, the relationship ceases to exist. And That's it's the true. same with us and God. It's the same with marriages. It's the same with you know, fathers with children and mothers with children and vice versa. It's because the Holy Spirit says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. They're not spending time in prayer yeah. and God's word and asking for the well, Holy God Spirit. God is you jealous can... for our love. He loves us that much, but yeah. jealous in a godly way. So what's this promise Peter gives us? Okay, it says, and so talking about the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So everything that pertains to life and godliness comes through a knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. So all the promises of God are for us, Mm -hmm. that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We can be partakers of the divine nature. Through the promises of the word of God. I mean, people search for lots of things in the world. Mm. I want to be a great sportsman. I want to be a successful businessman. Yes. I want to be, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you aspire to in life, but... What about this for an ass to aspire for? Yeah. What's he promising? That we can be partakers of the divine, of divine nature. nature of God himself, the creator of the heavens and universe. I mean, isn't that something that we yeah. to inspire for? Because that's eternal. These other things are temporary, aren't they? Oh, that's right. That's eternal. And it comes back to what you were reading before there, that, that Christ will so identify himself with our thoughts and mm. aim so blend our hearts and minds to conformity to his will. That when obeying him, he shall but be carrying out our own impulses, which means we've become partakers of the divine nature. And this this divine nature is a process. Mm. You know, remember, it's a process. Such dramatic right. changes don't usually happen instantly. Sometimes it does, yeah. but we must daily grow in the experience of letting Christ live out His life mm. in us. And if we do that, then God will see to it that we are ready to receive the latter rain of the Holy yes. Spirit. Because remember, when we talk to spiritual things, at the end, mm. when the plant has grown to maturity. Which 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 the latter rain causes, yes. then the harvest begins. Harvest is ready. When the harvest is ripe, the sickle is put in straight away, the Bible says. And that talks about that in the, you know, in uh, Revelation, Revelation 14. 14. Yeah, yes. Three angels' message. There is a harvest at the end of it mm. where the sickle goes in. There's two harvests, isn't there? There's two harvests. There's one yes. of, of the righteous and there's one of, of, the, wicked. of the wicked representing mm. the grapes mm. as well. And and I love this this Bible verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And, and this is the... This is, should give us hope that this is a process, and as long as you're on that 
process. It's like getting in an elevator. Yes. You get in the elevator as long as you're going up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's right. You're going so up. So we're talking about regeneration there because there's two aspects to salvation. There is recreation, which is instant. Yep. As soon as we believe, yep. we are justified and perfect in Christ. And then there's regeneration as well, which is the work of a lifetime. That's right. And it yeah. says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he, this is Jesus, mm. which began a good work in you. So this is the start, you know, when the gospel was yeah. planted, the seed was planted, you yes. know, in the good soil Amen. and it's growing. We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. So it's a second coming. This is his growth. And again, what does it say in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24? It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 24, he who calls you is faithful. The same word as if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. The same word, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So he will sanctify you. Amen. It says God will do it. So not only has he justified us, Hmm. he will sanctify us. So whose work is it? It is the work of God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So what's but it that? says he will sanctify you completely and preserve you blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. Wow. Preserve you blameless at the mm. coming of Jesus Christ. And and, uh, and that's the Bible teaches that, doesn't it? That's right. Right. It teaches that even in, um, in, the, in the illustration of the plant growing and the harvest, the whole mm. principle of it all. See, there's regeneration and there's also preservation. God will, can, can regenerate you to a, a new level and he can preserve you and regenerate. That's if we accept it by faith. So, if we I like believe. that. Regenerate and preserve. Regenerate and preserve. <laughs> yeah, so you can have an upward step. But at times, look, our faith may fail us. Yes. And if our faith fails us, you know, what is not of faith is sin because if faith fails us, means we start relying on ourselves or we're distracted from looking to Christ. So those things can happen. But we know that God is faithful and loving. He desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And he's not wanting any to perish. Wow. The Bible is very clear on those promises. And do you think Jesus is waiting for the for the plant to grow mature, absolutely. So, that, or, so he can pour out this latter rain of the Holy Spirit, so he can mature, prepare it for the harvest. Do you well, think the, he's waiting for that? The more maturity that a person has by faith, the closer they are to Christ, and the more intimate the relationship. And of course, God, being a jealous God, desires that with his whole whole being. So, so, so God's really waiting for us, isn't he? Mm, yes. I mean. We've been here 2,000 years. I mean, he's waiting for us to do the work that he's given us, yes. which is take the gospel, mm. the everlasting gospel um, found in the uh, three angels' message to the, to the world. But he's also waiting, by the, by the sounds of it, for a, a people uh, to be 100% surrendered and 100% victorious over temptation and yes, sin. Yes, definitely. As we've seen, this will not happen by trying harder, though, will it? No, no, that doesn't work. I've tried that. <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't work. Yeah. And I can relate to that too. It doesn't work. Yeah. But it's by understanding experience righteous by faith in Christ alone mm. for victory. Amen. That's the, that's the secret. Mm. And I love John in, um, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, describes, um, he describes those who will be ready for Christ's return. Mm. He gives a picture of what they'll be like in oh. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. And I think we can read verse 3 as well after that. Okay. It says, for example, I'll do verse uh, 2. It says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. So we're the sons of God. We've already been mm. called sons of okay, God. Okay, so that's uh, undisputable. We are the sons of God. If you believe it by faith and receive it, that is, yeah. that is true. And he says, It does not yet appear what we shall be. Okay, so what we see now is not what we will be. So yeah. the work will continue. But Amen. we know that 
when he shall appear. So what's that? What's when when Jesus appears? What's that called? The second, second coming. coming. So yes. when Jesus, as when Jesus comes, it says we shall be like him, mm. for we shall see him as he is. Well, is Jesus coming with all his glory? Yes, he is, and the glory of the Father and the glory of the holy angels. It'll be most glorious. And it says the wicked in Revelation chapter 6, isn't it, will be destroyed, and in Thessalonians will be destroyed by the brightness, brightness of, his, of his, coming. his coming. Yes. Okay, they'll be hiding in the rocks because and the sin, mountains. sin will be consumed, and if we have uh, united ourselves to sin and, and it's not been separated from us, we will be consumed by it. But it says those who already met Jesus will be just like Jesus. Mm. That's what that verse is saying. They'll yes. be just like Jesus because, because Christ's glory will be reflecting through them and glory will make glory. And that's why they're not consumed. Mm. And we can see that uh, the Greek word for like in this verse means just like. Mm. Those ready uh, for Christ's return, we just like Jesus in character, in authority, in life, in ministry, in everything. Yes. Um, why is this the case, though? They're just like Jesus himself is being manifested in life 100%. Mm. The reason they're just like Jesus, because it is Jesus yeah. living out his life 100% in and through them. Yeah. That's and, an intimacy that uh, we read of in the Bible can only accept by And that's faith. what we're aspiring to. Amen. We want to be just like yeah. Jesus. Well, how do you be like just like Jesus? You have to have Jesus living in you mm. 100%, which means we need to be 100% surrendered yes. and have 100% victory. That's right, yeah. You've got to surrender to obtain the victory. That's mm. right. So those who yield to God's work. Now read the next verse. Okay, this is verse 3. It says, and everyone who has this hope. So in other words, everyone who believes the promise. So we've got this hope of being just like Jesus yes. before Jesus comes, right? Mm. You know, a generation that will be just like Jesus. How yes. can we be just be like Jesus? What does it say? It says, purifies himself just as he is pure. So there's a purification process. Yeah, but it says that he purifies himself. Now, we've got to understand this purifying himself. Is that because in Malachi chapter 3? Is there a purification process going Absolutely. There? Yeah, because Jesus will sit like he'll be like a refiner's fire and mm. like full of soap, and he will purify the sons of Levi so they can offer, make an offering presented in righteousness, which will be acceptable to God. Mm. But the thing when it says purifies himself just as he is pure, we've got to go back to that reading where we heard that, you know, if we consent, he will justify himself so um, with our thoughts and aims So bend our hearts and minds To conformity to his mm. will That when obeying him We shall be but carrying out Our own impulses So it's in that unification Between us mm. and Christ That we are to purify ourselves So right Not now, by our own works But through this through this uniting with Christ yeah, So right now faith. You know We're on that journey Of the purification journey mm. Found mm. in Malachi chapter 3 yes. Where the gold The sons of Levi Which is the priests, the priests, and yes. it says in Peter that we're the priesthood of all believers. We are being purified, yeah, all right, in preparation for that promise in First John chapter three two mm. that those are ready, those who are you know when Jesus comes will be people will be just like Jesus. Yes, amen. When Jesus comes, and um, and so those who yield to God's work of purification, like described in Malachi chapter three, mm. will have Jesus living in them and reigning in their lives to such a degree. That when obeying them, they'll be carrying out their own impulses. That's right. Their life will be a life of continual obedience. Mm. It is that time that the following statement by Ellen White will be fulfilled, I believe. Right. In Christ's Object Lessons, page 69. Oh, that's a wonderful comment. It talks about comment. Yeah. You know, Christ is waiting with longing desire. So this is what Jesus is waiting for. Mm. With longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. Yes. He's waiting for himself to be manifest in his church. Mm. And she goes on to say... When the character of Christ, whose character? 
The character of is Christ. Is it my character or your character? Not mine. Mine is filthy rags. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus' character shall be perfectly reproduced in his people. Then he will come to claim them as his own. Wow. So when that happens. So in other words, there will be no harvest until the harvest is ripe. That's right. There will never be a harvest until the harvest is ripe. Yeah. And the harvest is ripe only as it grows. And the only way it can grow, okay, is through the rain. Mm. The rain and the sun. That's right. You know, the sun, as in Jesus the sun, and also the light of Jesus and the word. And you've also got the rain, the Holy Spirit that causes the plant to grow. Mm. And so, you know, John writes this in the book of Revelations, doesn't he? Yes. He talks about a last remnant people will be victorious commandment-keeping people, mm. not a people trying hard, uh, but failing to keep God's commandments. Here are they that try to keep the commandments of God, or here are they that would like to keep the commandments of God. We'll talk about them. You know, or what, you know, some people here that those of the commandments have been done away with. Right. It doesn't say that, does it? Not at all. What does it say in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7? It says, And the dragon, which is Satan, was wroth with the woman, the woman representing the church, and went to make war with the remnant of a seed, or what remains of her seed. So what remains of the church and the remnant of the seed are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, which is the word of God. Which is found in Revelation yeah. chapter 19. That's right. And so again, in, in Revelation fourteen twelve. Here again, what's the outcome of the three angels' message? What yeah. is the very outcome of not receiving the mark of the beast, Yeah, not receiving the last seven plagues? Well, it contrasts this to the mark of the beast. So this is the opposite of the mark of the beast. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So that's the outward. That's the purpose of God, to mm. have people who keep the commandments of God yes. and have the faith of Jesus. Mm. Amen. And what about those who enter into the kingdom of God? In Revelation twenty two fourteen, okay, so what are they? What people are they described as? Okay, it says, "Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life." Now, Adam and Eve lost the right to the tree; they were banished from the garden after they sinned. But now, the right to the tree of life is restored. It said, "Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city." So here it is, three times, and also in Revelation. Uh, it talks about a people who overcome. Mm. In Revelation 2, 7, verse 11, verse 17. Yes, the seven so, churches, all seven churches are promised those who overcome will receive a gift and a benefit yeah. from God. What do they overcome? I believe they have victoriously overcome all temptation and sin mm. that Satan brings against them. And I believe this victory must be experienced must be the experience of those who come out of the latest in condition, that lukewarm condition yes. that the, the Bible describes in Revelation chapter 3 as the last day churches being lukewarm. And their way of coming out of that Lukewarm condition is to have the righteousness of Christ. Mm. He's justifying righteous and he's sanctifying righteous. That's what brings us out of our latest in condition so we can receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit that prepares us for the harvest yes. and the second coming of Jesus. Amen. So I so we're going to summarize in a minute, mm. but I believe that Satan knows all this. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Satan knows all this, and he, he reads the Bible. He knows exactly mm. what— Well, he what, quoted the Bible when he was tempting Jesus, so yeah. he clearly knows the Bible. So he's going to do all he can to confuse the issue and lead us astray through what's called his omega apostasy, mm. okay, that we've been going through, the alpha yes. omega apostasy. Yes. He knows that victory can only come by focusing on Jesus and letting him live out his life in and through us. Mm. So Satan's plan is to get us eyes off Jesus. Yes, that's right. Instead, he wants us to focus on the temptations we struggle with. He wants us to think we can become righteous and even perfectly develop Christ's character by focusing on the do's and the don'ts, mm. the law, anything but Jesus. Mm. He wants us to think that we can become victorious over temptation if we just try hard enough. 
with God's help, of course. There's a recipe for failure. Yeah. yeah. And he leads many to believe that focusing on the do's and don'ts of our religion will bring revival. Mm. Let's just, if we focus on the, on the works. Such a religion is burden of, you know, void of joy. And all such efforts, I believe, will fail, Edian. The do's yes. and don'ts are important, but they must not be our focus. Mm. Or Satan, or on the other scale, yes. so he's got one group that way. The other way, he's going to say, well, he's going to reject, get people to reject the possibility of perfectly reflecting the character of Christ mm. by obedience to God's law. It can't be done. Yes. We'll just keep sending to Jesus comes. Well, isn't that a denial of complete connection with God, such an intimate relationship that Christ shines through oh, us? I agree with you, but people, because they tried the other way, it doesn't yeah. work. Well, they're going to miss out on something really beautiful. They default to the other way. Yeah. And so most come to the conclusion that they try to obey in their own strength and discover the impossibility mm. of attaining complete victory. So they draw back and resting, justifying Christ, sure. yeah. only believing that full and complete sanctification is impossible. Mm. They conclude that complete victory over the temptation and sin is not attainable in this life. It can only happen at glorification. Right. And this too is a very dangerous position to take. I agree. Both legalism mm. and which is, you know, trying to trying to do it yourself. Do it yourself, yeah. Or rejection or complete rejection of complete obedience will lead to one not being ready to receive the latter end of the Holy Spirit. Yes. They are both yeah. will lead you away. Very subtle, very dangerous. And I've seen in the church, mm. but there's both extremes. Yes. And, you know, it's it's it's, it's really prevalent now. Mm. And some are fearful that such a view of complete obedience and victory over temptation will lead to boasting and feelings of achieving perfection. You get called sinless perfection if you believe that Jesus can do it. Mm. And attitudes of boasting or feelings or achieving perfection are impossible for the spirit-filled Christian to experience. The closer we come to Jesus, Edian, the more you know sinful we know ourselves to be, the more we realize there is no righteousness in us. That's right. We know that we could yield to temptation at any moment mm. and as soon as we take our eyes off Jesus. And we know that our only hope in victory is continually to trust in Jesus to live out his victory in and through them. And they also will believe when Jesus returns, we'll be feel unworthy to be saved. We oh. don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Our only hope in salvation victory has been their faith in Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that reminds me of that text in Galatians chapter 5, sorry, chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, but God forbid that I should boast. So if there's a boasting, he says, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Mm. Dear listener, we're just going to take a short break here and share our contact details. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249-73-3456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. We hope you took some of those contact details down. Please feel free to send us an email or to get in touch if you have any questions or want to find out more information. Now, Colin, we're just talking about wrapping up the study now on Christ justifying and sanctifying righteousness. We're talking about receiving the robe of his righteousness, so our filthy rags, our own righteousness being taken away so that we can have our spiritual nakedness totally mm. covered. Mm. And we talked about those who already met Jesus being just like Jesus. Mm. And they will have Jesus living in them 100%. They will be fully 100% surrendered and have 100% victory. And But they also know their only hope of salvation, victory, has been their faith in Jesus. Yes. 
I mean, when they get to heaven and they cast their crowns at Jesus' feet because they know they don't deserve the crowns because they realize that Jesus did everything for them. Mm. All they did was have faith in him to save them from sin and death. Yes. True. They will know that what Paul meant when he wrote these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29 and 31. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him, the Father, and talking about the Father, yes. that you have that you are in Jesus Christ. It's because mm. of the Father who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. In another translation, it says our justification, our sanctification, and our glorification. Right. Therefore, as it is written, let him who is boast, boast in the Lord. Mm. So our boast throughout eternity will be boasting in Jesus. Jesus, not in ourselves. Praising Jesus Christ for salvation he provided for us. Mm. And how does this happen? We must daily be filled with the presence of Jesus, with the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the I self. Yes. That's what we can see clearly. We must let him live out his victorious life in us. That's the white raiment found in Revelation chapter 3. Christ is to live out his obedience to God's law in through us. Mm. And only then will we come out of Laodicea, and then God will pour out the latter rain, and the church will fill its purpose, what it is called to do. Amen. Well, for those words, Colin, we will conclude our program today. Dear listener, we pray that you were blessed by it. We pray that you will spend time in the Word, that you will continue to see Jesus in all the teachings of Scripture, which gives us the knowledge of God the Father and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God bless you until we meet again next time. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.